You're listening to Business Casual, a podcast about making dollars and cents Aha. in commercial real estate. Folks, welcome back. This is Tim, the commercial guy, and I am here with Dr. Don Kennedy, the CEO of the Hampton Roads Realtor Association. And Don has also served on quite a few national commercial committees, which is why she's such a valuable asset. And Don, thank you for being here with us again. Oh, you're so welcome, Tim. You know, I just enjoy speaking with you. And I know you've had Rob on, Mm -hmm. your associate. And just listening to the two of you talk on this podcast has been really wonderful. Um, I'm just so glad that you are a realtor, not just a commercial agent. So tell me, Tim, you know... You've been around. You know that you're already a CCIM, right? Mm-hmm. You already have your designation. You, you've already reached the top. Why are you a realtor? What does the realtor membership do for you? Well, there are several different aspects, one of which is the advocacy that it does. I mean, it's amazing, you know, basically property rights possession out there. You know, there's actually a movement at one point to take away your the property tax deduction. Yes, I'm very well aware of that. That was back in 2018. And the realtors fought that tooth and nail, and Mm -hmm. we were successful. Um, I always find it such a challenge because it's like, how do you prove the benefit of something when it's preventative, right? So it's like, we prevent so much bad legislation, but if it never goes into effect, People don't know what we did, that mm-hmm. we did it. I love it when we can have a legislative win that's proactive. Like we recently had a win in Suffolk. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. I'm very familiar. Very excited that's Suffolk, about Virginia, that. Suffolk, Virginia, everybody. Suffolk, Virginia, sorry. Um, but I'm excited about it because that was something proactive where we had a council that maybe was a little resistant to development. And, you know, Suffolk, Virginia is growing on the commercial sector. I mean, mm. the industrial is. warehouse yeah. sector is going crazy. Yeah, they landed that center point. In. Right. And, but, you know, I just read a statistic from NAR that for every um, new job created, you need to have two houses, two houses, right? And unfortunately... Yeah, that's actually part of CCIM training. We actually learned how to forecast that. It's called base rate job growth. There we go. See, there's more... We are more connected than we know. <laughs> um, but the fact is, is that we're, we weren't getting there. In fact, we were lagging behind in our Hampton Roads area. Mm-hmm. For those listening out there, what I consider Hampton Roads, what I was told when I first got here, was that it's Franklin, Suffolk, Portsmouth, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, uh, parts of Isle of Wight, Newport right? News. Newport News. It, believe it or not, it actually kind of, the MSA actually Hampton. stretches down to eastern North Carolina as well. So basically it runs from base, from Williamsburg. We kind of share Williamsburg yes. with the Richmond MSA mm-hmm. and all the way down to eastern North Carolina. Yeah. But uh, so we need the development. We need the bottom line. We need the development. We need the housing. Um Good. We need the job creation, which is what you all do. That's part. I always felt like people didn't quite understand why we should be promoting our commercial realtors, why we should be providing them services. Jobs mean housing. Mm-hmm. Jobs create the need for housing. And without you guys, there wouldn't be the heavy, vibrant, wonderful real estate residential market that we have. And so that's, I like it when we can do something proactive, when we can say, hey, everybody, look, we did a great thing. But when it's like, oh, 
What do you mean you beat the 1031 exchange? What I was do you about mean? to bring that up. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they want to do away with the 1031 exchange. Can you explain to the listeners? Because I know that not everybody who's listening is a commercial um, investor, investor, or, yeah. whatever. So what is a 1031 exchange? What 1031 exchange basically allows you to reinvest your capital gains. It's deferring your taxes. So you buy something, you roll it over into another investment. There's a lot of rules that go with this. Too much to get into here online. Sure. But. You roll it into the next one. So, for instance, let's say you have a a million dollars in capital gains in there. Because you sold an office building, let's say. Yeah, and and your gain on it is a million dollars. Well, rather than paying out $200,000 or $250,000 in taxes on that gain, so you only have $750,000 to reinvest, now you can have the full million dollars to reinvest. That's an additional $250,000. It's going to be earning you money instead of Uncle Sam money. And, Don, you pointed out something else. For it's called base rate, not every job that's created, but base, I won't get into it, but every base job that is created and every community is a little different. There's numbers that we used to figure this out, but it does create, for instance, on average, two additional jobs that in the community. So you open up a, a factory, for instance, you're going to have, okay, for an employee there, you're going to need a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a doctor's office. You're going to need an attorney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're going to need residential agents too to buy and sell property. And and I can understand people are afraid of growth. A lot of things that people don't realize. One thing I used to do, I used to sit on the Jefferson Davis um, uh, Enterprise Zone, along with quite a few other things up in Chesterfield County. And I learned a lot doing that. And you're looking at People don't understand you have to have some business growth as well and business development. If not, yeah, do you enjoy that fire department being able to get to your house if it's burning down? Do you enjoy a police force? Do you enjoy ambulance services? Do you enjoy if, an elementary school? Yeah. So your yeah. kids aren't being bused 30 miles out. Yeah. And you have to. So in order to pay for that, mm-hmm. would you rather pay for it through your property taxes or would you rather have businesses come in and they're paying for it through their tax base to offset it? There's actually a percentage. That every every well managed municipality ha- uses to say, okay, this percentage of business versus this percentage of residents, and everyone's different. I'm not going to get into that now. You can go and ask mm-hmm. your local municipality and your and your uh, economic development teams. There we go. So what I'm hearing from you is that in addition to, um, to the education that is afforded through the all levels of the organization, and that's not forget that CCIM, IRAM, SIOR, all of those are affiliated under the National Association that's of correct. Realtors umbrella. That's and correct. that's why you're at our conferences. Well, NAR has been doing, putting on a conference every year for commercial, for the commercial markets called the C5 conference. And guys, when you're talking about on this type of level, it's not just agents and brokers. We're talking about, you get your investors there, you get the heads of REITs there, you get the head of corporations there at least the sides that oversee facilities. And it's meant for commercial practitioners, period. Well, last year, they asked CCIM to come in and help really organize this and really make it large. So we're very excited to be part of this. It's now called the C5 CCIM Summit. Great networking, phenomenal network. We're more excited about the networking than anything else. I, I just can't go on about the networking. Well, and I think, and the education too is so important 
we were talking a while back, you know, the Realtor Code of Ethics, offline, you and I were talking, the Realtor Code of Ethics has an article that states you can't, you know, you cannot practice outside of your competence. That's great. Right. Um, Because you're obviously that's one of the duties to the public. Right. And in some states that, you know, the Realtor, the Realtor Code of Ethics has been the basis for almost all state legislation when it comes to regulating real estate. You do. And, but there's certain states like such as Virginia, where it's a what we call a buyer beware state, uh, where I found out I and I was uh, honestly a little surprised. I found out that that isn't a requirement under Virginia law. You didn't say what the requirement is. The requirement is to, like to you cannot you cannot practice outside of your area of competence. Okay, so, so it's actually against the law. For instance, if you're a residential agent, to practice mm-hmm. commercial real estate in many states. Yes, I mean, I think it would be hard to prove that, but the idea is that you shouldn't be doing, you know, it's like kind of a preventative thing. You shouldn't be doing that. Now, that being said, if you practice outside of your competence and if something happens, then you're going to be in a a far deeper trouble than you would have been just paying a fine or paying out a settlement. You probably would lose your license. Mm, So, you you know, well. Again, you know, you have the law backing you up. And I think here, too, um, that's one of the things that I think is important about being a realtor is that the public, you can be um, assured that there's a code of ethics in place. I think get the education first. Start attending, get the networking, because I know um, a friend of mine who did successfully break into the commercial real estate market. I remember her frustration when she first started. And it's like, people aren't taking me seriously. And it's like, well, because you've sold houses, you know, for the last 10 years. And I said, you know, the best thing you could do, start with the foundational CCIM class, mm-hmm. which she did. I, d- I don't know if she's a full-on CCIM member okay. or not. She took that foundational class. Then she went and she just kept going on. Then she opened, opened a separate commercial division. And now she's doing exceedingly well. But she took the time to learn and she took the time to form those relationships. I mean, and yeah, that's, that's so important. And that's kind of what I did. You know, yeah. I came into real estate as a residential practitioner, did very well at it, got dragged over to commercial and went, whoa, this is a whole different world. I don't even know what I don't know. And again, I'm glad to hear she took CCIM. Yeah. The And keep, folks, just so you know, it's not just taking the classes for CCIM. You also have to do so many millions of dollars in closed transactions and you put it together as a portfolio, and that portfolio is now graded by the CCIM. If it's up to their standards, now you get a fly. It's administered twice a year. You get a fly usually to Chicago, but it could be one of the other locations. I think next year it might be Houston as well. Mm-hmm. And you can fly and sit for the exam then. So you're going to spend a week just sweating a lot, and then hopefully you get pinned. Not everybody does, but hopefully you'll get pinned, and then you wear that pin very proudly. It's, it, I mean, it's quite, yeah, I love the organization, yeah. obviously. I he says about that it. as I found a CCIM pin on the floor in D.C., but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. At least I knew it would belong to. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. They keep falling off. <laughs> but I probably had my hat on. You did. Okay. Yeah, I wear did. a CCIM hat a lot, yeah. too. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. That's true. And, but, and there's other and then talking about not just the mm-hmm. C5 Summit, mm-hmm. but let's talk about a few other things as well. Uh, for instance, the CCIM, you know, 
well, you brought it up, the networking that you get. Commercial real estate, a lot of what we do is the networking. It's who we know, why we know them. That next to your database is the most important aspect. Can I can I talk about that for just a second? Absolutely. And I hope I don't go off too off tangent. When we sold our restaurant, um, we used a commercial agent. Mm-hmm. And we paid a very high commission, which was worth every single penny. This man flew in on his own dime, buyers from Atlanta, who actually eventually bought the building. But he also flew in buyers from Wyoming. He put ads in the major newspapers um, across the United States. He had so many connections and so many relationships mm-hmm. across the United States. Well, it languished under a residential realtor because we didn't know any better. It languished under a residential realtor for, uh, I believe, six months was our. And then I, we were, I'm like, I got to get out of here because this is the hardest job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it's just because it doesn't love you back, in my humble yeah. opinion. It's a very, very difficult job. It's 24-7. We yeah, live I, there also. I cannot and, be a restaurateur. No, me neither. And kudos to all those who can because it's, it's difficult to be successful. However, when we sold it, then somebody said, you need to use a commercial realtor. And me, knowing nothing about real estate, was like, what's the difference? You know, And they're like, there's somebody who they specialize in that. Mm-hmm. So... If it weren't for those relationships, I don't know how long our restaurant would have sat. I don't remember the exact timeline because this was decades ago, but um, I think he sold it within two months. And to go from never getting a single bit of interest in six months to being sold, closed, done, check in hand in two months was nothing short of a miracle. And I mean, and I think that's part of why I think Knowing the difference is important. Well, the marketing aspect, when, for instance, when I list a property, I don't just put it out there on all those services. Mm -hmm. I do a few other things. I go deep into the research. I can actually run a market analysis report and see demand for a particular area in different fields. I'm selling a piece of property right now that's a redevelopment play. So I went in, did analysis, said, well, I'm right. And then I went in and looked at what type of retail could really benefit here. And right now, it's a major family chain. I won't disclose which one. But I know I know the agent that actually represents them. Yes. And they're in another state. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, I've got this great location. Here's my supporting research. Would you guys be interested? It takes See? things like that. It all, yeah. you know, I, uh, well, one of the advantages, too, in CCI, and we're talking about the, the networking and mm-hmm. the deal making. We do deal-making sessions all the time, literally once a month for uh, at least for Virginia, Maryland, D.C., and West Virginia. A bunch of us get online. We do a, a virtual deals and drinks. Excellent. And we it, it's open to everybody, but you have to be a CCIM to actually present. And we get on there, and literally it's a happy hour. We get up there. We spend a few minutes networking. We all talk about what beer or wine or whatever you're drinking at the moment. You show it to the camera. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, there's a little drinking going on deal making too. But we go to, and then we start presenting our deals. There you go. And it's amazing how many deals come from that. That's, oh. just, on the, that's just on the chapter level. Then CCIM International we get together twice a year and we throw a huge deal-making party. I mean, oh, big for all those big practitioners that are there. 
And when I say practitioners, less than 50% of CCIMs are agents. The rest are managed REITs, managed family offices, uh, you name it. I mean, it's across the board. Uh, One of my CCIM classes was the CFO for Franklin Templeton Funds. Wow. Because they were doing a lot of real estate and wanted to know what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And as you move up through the classes, more and more, it's that type of people and fewer agents. But it is a pain to get. But so we threw this great big party at our governance meeting. And we literally get up there and we get on stage and you go, hey, everybody, I've got this yes. deal for you. Who here might have an interest? And so whether it's the actual buyer or seller, because sometimes we're representing, you know, here's my buyer's criteria or the flip side, it could be an agent. And they get, Tim, send me the information. I think I have a client that's looking for just that type of stuff. So getting that, getting in front of those people, because I've got news for you. Putting it on an MLS does not work. No. I am one of only maybe five exclusively commercial agents in Hampton Roads that have anything to do with the MLS. It, so not taking advantage of these other listing services mm-hmm. and networking is the equivalent of taking a listing on a house and not putting the MLS. Right. right. Or marketing in other, any other capacity. You know, we, in St. Louis, we had an extremely like, large commercial division. Um, I think yeah. we had about 800 commercial agents. They all call themselves brokers, but some are brokers, some were agents. And we did a have some needs luncheon every single month. Okay. And it was always sponsored, you know, you're just like sponsored by like GoStar. Yep. You know, but, um, and that's exactly what we did. They came in, um, they gave us ahead of time, all the spec sheets, you know, on the different properties. And then we would put it up on the computer TV screen. Yep. And it's like, I have this. And then we had people that just came up and spoke, Yeah, you know, just like, hey, I've got a client that's really looking for a class A office space and blah, 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 blah. And I, I will never forget, um, I don't think there was a single time that a deal wasn't made out of that luncheon. But one, we had three deals done. And so for us as, you know, association staff, we're like, we are doing something good here, Excellent. right? Because they're, yeah. they're, they're one. Um, I know a lot of the, the commercial MLS providers, the commercial information exchanges, they have a haves and wants section in there, but I don't think it's the same. No, well, they actually, most of them don't. Not, well, not, a, not a buyer or tenants criteria section. Anyhow. It's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, but, but I don't think they used it is what I'm yeah, saying. It's... Um, because I thought that that would be a big selling point of the CIE, but um, just because I had that experience with the live yeah. luncheons, but it really wasn't. I think, again, you go back to this is a business that's what they used to call belly to belly, face to face. It is a relationship business, whether it's residential or commercial. Technology is just a tool yeah. to, you know, to get where you want to go. Well, when, when we talk, we're talking, this happens all the time. So I'm on the phone the other day with somebody and we're talking about a deal, mm-hmm. a potential deal. And literally one or the other of us ended and go, so what else do you have for me? Or what else are you looking for? And because we, that's how we play here. By the time it actually gets out there, we've already discussed with so many buyers and so many other agents, brokers, it, you name it. I want to go back to the association yes. stuff, though. So talking about, so we do the deal making, but in addition to that, and everybody is welcome to this false CCIM governance meetings. Do you can come in, 
did you not can, know that. You can, you can sit around, you can listen to what's going on. You, do, you can't get on the committee and stuff sure. like that, but you can listen to everything that's happened. You can be there because one of the biggest factors of this thing, well, one, you get a great amount of education out of just being there. But the other aspect is that you get to meet some of the top players in the world. You know, CCIMs do, I believe it's 65 or 70% more business than your average commercial agent. In addition to that, most of them serve in some type of leadership capacity. Either they own their own firms, uh, they are the head of corporate services for some, you know, for some big corporation. Uh, they're master appraisers. Mm-hmm. If you need an appraisal, it, it just, the list goes on and on and on. And everybody is actually welcome to attend those. In addition to that, you always find a little con- a commercial contingent at the NAR meetings. That's right. Always. Yeah. So when you go to NAR, be sure to, you know, find some of the commercial components. We do run like forums and things like that. And there's and, a commercial networking. It's called cur- commercial caffeinated commercial networking yep. breakfast at all the NAR stuff. And I usually try to to get to, but why do they keep having them so darn early? Well, Jim? well, <laughs> you know, you're right. But flip side, though, we also do usually a commercial uh, networking happy hour. Yeah. Again, you know, put alcohol involved and they <laughs> show up. And that one I always <laughs> seem to make for some reason. Yeah. I've I've been to a couple of those that, and they're beautiful. I remember one we went to it was huge and it was beautifully done. Yeah. Um, lots of lots of networking and just even as a like I said, I'm not a commercial practitioner, but mm-hmm. I love um attending those things because then I'm getting to meet movers and shakers as well. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you find out, oh wow, we can do that. I was at President Circle and I met um Robin Webb and Susie. Oh, yeah. 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 And Robert, she's yeah, actually an Susie, instructor too. Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah we, CCIM and, instructor. And she's married to a commercial um yep. uh broker. And I got both their cards and we we were just sitting there eating next to each other at a restaurant. And yep. just I saw the I saw the red CCA. Saw the pen. So I had to say, Oh, by the way, I was with my daughter. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm I've worked for the realtors, blah, blah, blah. And we I think we talked for a good 45 minutes and they're like whatever you need however we can help you that's what the real benefit i think of those things is like it's not just the networking it's the also the mentoring i have never met somebody in real estate whether they're realtor or not that wasn't open to helping somebody else that's one another unique characteristic about our business they call it a realtor family i really believe that they really help each other it is i will tell you that there is some hesitation Mm -hmm. on the commercial side and with that the i'm bringing that up because oftentimes commercial agents somebody comes in and says hey i'm referring this to you can i please shatter you and learn through the deal too so they want the referral fee and they want you to educate them but they can't really help on the deal they don't have the forms they don't have the knowledge they don't have access to the systems or the people so the commercial agent's perspective is it takes a lot more time for me to try to help you even ah. just to let you shadow this than it does for me to go do the deal. And in the meantime, I still got to pay you for that. I had right. to pay for my <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. And so there's some hesitation there. That's why it's so important. Like candidates, we tell you, you can't broadcast to anybody when you're a CCIM candidate that you're a CCIM candidate. You can't put in your marketing. You can't yep. even say you've had classes. You cannot associate yourself with a designation. And, but if you're a candidate, what you can do is when you're doing a deal with the CCIM, you go, hey, can I help? Yes, I you guess, know? yeah. And you, they will go out of their way. It, a great story I love to tell about this. 
is I remember back when I was first transitioning over mm-hmm. and I had a listing. I'd had several CCIM classes, you know, worked, chatted with somebody, referred some deals and was learning enough to have, I had the small deal. I'm like, okay, I can do this one on my own. And I put it out there and I get a phone call. I won't name her name, but I get a phone call from somebody who was a CCIM. She's very well known in the commercial community, been around for a long time. And she literally called me and goes, yeah, you're listing as such and such. Yes. Is it still available? Yes. Send me the package. I said, okay, great. What's your email? She gave me the email. I sent her over the email. I mean, very abrupt, right? Mm -hmm. I sent her over the information and I put, and I said, please confirm receipt. She shoots back an email, received what her signature line said CCIM after it. So I shot back, hey, I see you're a CCIM. I'm a candidate. I would love any advice or help or even on this marketing package I did. My phone rang again. She apologized profusely. She goes, I didn't know. What can I do to help you? I want to read through this. I'll tell you how you can improve it. And by the way, any other properties you have, send them to me and let me know. See, this is that care. Now, I understand you the difference between, you know, not being a part of that organization and yeah, why would you want to do that? Right. Um, but that's the experience that I've had. Um, mm-hmm. I know one of your instructors, Byron Smith. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Byron's um, awesome. He's a instructor for CCIM and, you know, we got to talking and it's like, whatever I can do to help, you know, here's my card. And I just think that that spirit of always working in the best interest for the consumer, always that's working to support each other. I just think is what makes our industry so incredibly special. You know, I would love to come and talk with you again sometime because one day we're going to have to talk about, um, the, you know, how do we convert deserted malls oh, into yeah. housing? There's got to be a way. There's yeah, gotta be, there's gotta uh, be yeah. adaptive reuse, adaptive repurposing, reuse. redevelopment, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And that is a huge topic out there. And maybe we'll get to that sometime soon. Yeah. In the meantime, folks, let's wrap it up. We've had some great talk here. We're talking about how to actually start networking with commercial agents and commercial practitioners in general. If you need more information, just reach out to Hurrah here or give me a call. Tim, the commercial guy, Churchwell. And we'll see you next time. The Business Casual Podcast is recorded in the Hurrah studio and edited by Mark Harlan. 